and welcome to another episode of Disneyland Devoted. I am your host, Michelle, and I'm super happy to be back with you. I'm thinking I should probably remember to tell you what week this is, what time frame this is. I just get so excited and I jump right into the content. So this is Sunday, May 3rd, that I am recording this, and it is a beautiful week. I'm hoping that we're getting ready to turn the corner on some coronavirus stuff and get back to inching our way to something normal. So this week's episode is going to be the second episode into breaking down the different lands and areas of the Disneyland Resort and specifically Disneyland. Last week I started with the hub which is that center place right in the middle of everything. It's in the center of the big wheel um, if you look at the map and it really is the cornerstone before you start branching off into the different lands and areas and I wanted to give it its own special episode because I think it really just starts everything. So this week we're going to start our journey after you get to the hub and you decide, hey, which way do I want to go? We're going to go to Fantasyland. And the reason we're going to go there is because I think that's where a lot of people go. Um, it's it's one of the more popular lands, especially for families and kids and people who've been going to Disneyland for a very long time. It has a lot of nostalgia there, and so I think it's very common for people to head there first. Um, also, if you do go like into the early magic hour or the magic hour or any of those programs or special tickets or staying at the resort where you get in early. Not all lands are open early, but Fantasyland is definitely one of those lands. So Fantasyland can be entered a couple of different ways. The most popular way is right through the castle. So you get to the hub and you just keep going. In fact, if you just back that up a little bit and go to the main entrance, when you're walking down Main Street, there's the castle straight ahead. Just keep on walking. So you can go through there. Um, I said you can go there a couple ways. I mean from the hub. You can get there a lot of ways. But one way is straight through the castle and you go over the little bridge and it's quite a, view, a beautiful scene. You're always going to find a photographer there taking photos. That's a very popular photo op place. People do it for all different times of the year, all different seasonal decorations. Just It's just beautiful, daytime, nighttime. I would highly recommend that if you are there and you want that photo and you see the line of people, don't be discouraged. Wait in your line because that is a memorable moment. And it really doesn't take very long for them to take the photos. So Do take that time or budget that time to get that photo. You will not be disappointed. And the photographers take the most amazing pictures. I know that there are smartphones that take phenomenal photos, and I happen to have one. 
I think the photos are just amazing that I get off my phone. But I really enjoy getting the professional ones as well. They just have like, you know, it's just having another set of eyes really zoom in and obviously you're in it and it's just a different experience. So definitely take the time if that is of interest to you. And then if you have the Max Pass as part of your ticket, you can have that downloaded as many times as you want, share it, buy it, all those good things. So definitely take advantage of that. So anyways, you go through, we're going to go through that way first, through the castle and over the bridge. And it's really cool. You walk under the castle. Now right there, you may not realize, but there's an attraction right there. And that's the um, Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough. And when you go through the castle, take a left as soon as you get to the other side. And there's the entrance into that attraction. It's a really cute little walkthrough through the castle. And you walk, it's a lot of stairs. So if you're not into uh, walking upstairs or unable to do that, that particular part of the attraction would not be for you. But they do have an, a spot over there for someone who isn't going to be able to go through the, the actual attraction. But you walk up the stairs and as you are making your ascent up, there are stages of the Sleeping Beauty movie and they're really well done. Some of them are projections. Some of them are like you know, props, like still props. Some of them have animation, some have lighting or sound effects, and they're just really cool. And you just walk up the stairs and follow the story. You're going to walk, essentially you're walking across the walkway that we just came from, and then you make your descent down. And it's just really cool along the way. And there, it's on both sides. So like there's lots to see. Take your time, meander through it, take your pictures, and then you exit out on the right side of the castle. And it's just really nice. So don't forget about that. It's also a nice way to get out of the elements. I always like to throw that in in my podcasts because it gets really hot at Disneyland. Like I live in the Phoenix area and I know hot and it's a dry heat and everyone says that. And so when I lived there next to Disneyland and I was like, oh, it's 80 degrees at Disneyland today. That's a piece of cake. Oh, woohoo. It felt like it was 110 degrees there. It's so hot. And there's a couple things I think that contribute to that. Number one, there's a there's a fair amount of humidity. No, it's not Georgia humidity or Florida humidity, but it's humidity in comparison to the dry desert that I live in and maybe different than what people are expecting. Number two, there's a lot of asphalt in a lot of buildings. And so there's a lot of places for that heat to bounce, get trapped. It's super hot. And although we went to Disneyland all through the summer, it wasn't as pleasant as the day got hot. And we'd either go first thing in the morning or later in the evening. So the reason I like to point out these places is because if you are like me and it becomes uncomfortable, there are ways to escape that heat. And this is one of them, just to get out of the heat. On the reverse, it can get pretty cold in Anaheim as well. It can rain. So it's also a way to get out of those elements. And if you aren't aware of this, Disneyland does not close unless it's really bad, which I find that to be some of the best times to go to Disneyland is when it's raining because 
Disneyland has a lot of locals and people just don't want to go out. And so it really does free up the park and make it so much less crowded. So anyways, that's a, that's a way to get out of the element. So once you go through Sleeping Beauty's castle, they're also on the left besides the entrance into the, uh, the walkthrough we just talked about is the Bippity Boppity Boutique. And obviously that is a huge fan favorite for little boys and girls where they can turn into a princess or a prince and it's a lovely experience for them. Um, I've just gone in there. My daughter never really wanted to do that, but I went in there just to kind of check things out. And I mean, this is a, <laughs> this is an extravagant event. It's expensive to do it, but it's adorable. And it is different range. There are different ranges. Like you can bring your own princess dress or you can buy a different variety, a range of prices there at the boutique. It's really cute what they do and they make it like ceremonial. It's not just like, hey, sit down in the chair and we'll throw some makeup on you and a dress. No, they make it very, very special. And of course, the recipient absolutely loves it. And like I said, they have it for boys and girls. So um, do check that out. That's right there. Make sure you make a reservation in advance and keep in mind what you have got going on. For example, if you intend to go back to your hotel and go swimming, like midday or something, perhaps getting her or him all dolled up is not the best thing because then they won't want to go swimming. So just make sure you plan that accordingly. And then doing it first thing in the morning is always great because then they can enjoy it all day long, but that's going to be really crowded. So just keep those options in mind, but definitely one of those great favorite things to do is the Bippity Boppity Boutique. Now through that, right past that, is going to come to what I consider to be my recommendation for hitting first thing when you go to Disneyland, and that is Peter Pan's flight. And that is literally on the right-hand side, right past the Bippity Boppity Boutique. And that wait time is crowded all day long. But it is never less crowded than first thing in the morning, which is why we like to hit that right then. Now, so does everybody else. So keep in mind, it's still going to have a wait time, but it's never going to be less than first thing in the morning. It's only going to grow from there. And it, for some reason, it takes so long to get through that queue. It just is a long wait time. It's cute. You can do the Disney Play app, which makes it interactive. It's cool inside Fantasyland, um, just like it's a really nice aesthetic right there. So it's nice to see all of that. But just know it's a wait, a long wait time. But oh, it's such a darling ride. There's a reason why that attraction is always crowded. It's awesome. So if you're going to ride Peter Pan's flight, my recommendation to you is to hit that first thing. Do not be frightened by the lines. Again, it's not going to get less crowded. Just get it over with. So for us, what we do is we do not do that attraction every single time because it is a time sucker and we don't need to see it every time. But we do hit it 
first thing if we're going to do it. Now, what's really cool about Fantasyland is a lot of people are going to go to Peter Pan's Flight, which frees up all the other attractions in the area. There are some that are more crowded than others, but there's most of those. You just walk right on. So across from Peter Pan's Flight, which currently, I mean, obviously everything's currently closed because of COVID-19, but Right across from Peter Pan's flight is Snow White Scary Adventures, which it's going through a rehab, but that's a an easy walk-on ride. And then right next door to that is Pinocchio's Daring Journey, and that's also an easy walk-on ride. Those are really great things to hit first thing in the morning. You won't wait more than five minutes, and often you just like, there's three families in front of you, and you can just get right on them. As I've stated in other episodes, those are scarier than you may think they are. So if you have little kids who maybe don't have that thrill level up there yet and they get spooked kind of easily, just be cautious with those because they are a dark ride. I mean, literally and figuratively, they have kind of fast turns and the car is not moving fast, but it, it jerks to the right or to the left kind of fast. And it's designed like you're going to go through this door that opens at the very last second and like in Snow White Scary Adventures you know the evil witch is in there and she's looking kind of creepy and you know Pinocchio's daring journey is kind of you know a, a sad story a little bit there's a little darkness before it gets bright so just keep that in mind that those are a little scary but they are really cool to walk on super fast. Now over next door to Peter Pan's flight is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride which is absolutely adorable and a little less scary than Pinocchio and Snow White. It is popular not as popular as Peter Pan's flight so that is one that you can get on pretty easily. Instead of waiting five minutes you may wait six or seven minutes but it's usually pretty pretty quick first thing in the morning. And then kind of taking the corner to the right, if we're just following Peter Pan and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, then you have the Mad Hatter Shop, which is adorable, even if you don't intend to buy anything, you should definitely walk through there. It's like this cute architecture right there, in the, you know, like you're in um, Alice in Wonderland. It's really adorable, but it's a cute shop. It's kind of tucked in there. Um, and then, of course, is the are the two other rides there on the right, which is Alice in Wonderland and Mad Tea Party. So Alice in Wonderland is one of the more popular rides in Fantasyland. Not as popular as Peter Pan's Flight. And by popularity, I mean long wait times. Everybody loves both. I just mean long wait times. So... You also want to hit Alice in Wonderland pretty darn early because it will get backed up and it moves kind of slowly. So my recommendation would be to go to Peter Pan's flight and then immediately over to Alice in Wonderland. It's not intuitive, right? Because you're going to pass a whole bunch of things and you're going to be like, oh, let's pop into Mr. Toad's. Oh, let's pop into Pinocchio. And, and that's great if you've done this before. Or you know what you want to do or you're, you know, you're taking a kind of like a more leisurely approach. But if you really want to get on Alice in Wonderland and you're trying to get in as many attractions as you can, do that one second would be my recommendation. So back over by Peter Pan's Flight and Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, right in the center of all of this is King Arthur's Carousel. Now, that's not just any carousel. Like, that's not your local fair or just like a carnival carousel. Like, that is supreme carousel. It's lengthy in time, so you get a really good experience 
It's the horses are gorgeous. You can find Walt's favorite horse. It's just a really cool thing. And for those of you that don't like to climb up on the horse, there is uh, there are some benches there for you to sit on, which is what I usually like to do. And I always can find a seat. It's not like they're taken. So I really like King Arthur's carousel, and so does my daughter. Um, to the left of King Arthur's carousel is the royal reception and for a while there that's where you could find Elsa and Anna over there first thing in the morning if you have a Frozen fan but you definitely want to check when things come back up where you can find those ladies um, because they may be hanging out over at the DCA side or they may be over in the Royal Theater but for the longest time they were hanging out over here in Fantasyland so definitely check that out. Now, right behind King, Ar- King Arthur's carousel is the one and only Dumbo the Flying Elephant. I mean, that's an adorable classic ride. It's been around forever. I want to say it opened with Disneyland and maybe one of the originals. It's adorable. It's been refurbished. It has a much nicer queue for waiting with more shade. Um, Because otherwise, it's really just kind of out there in the elements, but it's really adorable. Now, the thing about Dumbo, if you're not familiar with it, it's super kid-friendly. Everyone loves it, but it does spin around. It doesn't go super fast, but some people just don't like to spin. So I definitely want to call that out. It's by no means like the Mad Tea Party, which that is a special, unique experience you have to be a special individual to want to ride the mad tea party we're going to come back to that in just a second but dumbo is really nice the other thing besides spinning is that there's a lever inside the you know the elephant car that you can control to go up and down and of course the kids like to do that and they can go up and down kind of fast so you're up and down and spinning just keep that in mind like i said some people don't care for that, but others just love it. So definitely keep that in mind. To the left of Dumbo is Casey Jr. Circus Train. Now that to me is really geared towards younger children, like two, three, four, five, young age. But it is so stinking awesome. And what makes that so awesome is it's elevated. And it's a little slow moving train that takes you back behind Dumbo around the storybook land canal boats, which we will get to in a moment. And you're up higher. And so you have this gorgeous view of Fantasyland and the landscaping around you. In the daytime, it's one thing. And at night, it's absolutely magical. The lights in the trees, the lights in the land, oh my gosh, absolutely ride that at night. It's not a super long train, and I will tell you that you could get stuck in one of the enclosed train cars. It's really made for small children, so you definitely want to be watchful as you're standing in line. If it's your turn and there's not going to be a spot for you to have an open car and you don't want to be kind of trapped in a little car where like kids would think was awesome but adults would think was torture then maybe you let someone else go in front of you and you catch the next wave but the scenery is gorgeous I absolutely love that one 
Now to the right of Dumbo that I just mentioned was the Storybook Land Canal Boats. That is a must see. Oh my gosh, it's darling. It's awesome. It's one of those day versus night things. In the daytime, you see the detail of all the work and craftsmanship that goes into that attraction. And then at night, you just see just the beautiful twinkling lights and everything lit up. Oh, it's gorgeous. So if you're not familiar with that, it's literally a boat ride and it holds, I don't know, about 10 people per boat. So the line can move quickly. Um, and then you, you entered through the whale's mouth, which is awesome. And then you just meander through this gorgeous little, um, path that has all these miniatures of different characters, homesteads, and all these stories from Cinderella, Frozen, Ariel, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Pinocchio, you name it. Um, I said Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but Mr. Toad, I mean, they just have like all these houses that are made to scale. And then the landscaping, there's this gorgeous, natural, miniature type landscaping look right in the center. I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. It's beautiful. It's just a really cool little uh, path. And then the cast members tell a cute story as you go through it. I definitely recommend that. And 100% you need to do both day and night. Again, in the daytime, you get to see the detail of the craftsmanship. But at nighttime, it just takes on a, a more magical, romantic look to it. It's just so um, heartwarming. So you definitely want to do that. So right across from the storybook canal boats is the Mad Tea Party. And that's right between, like, you, you if you got off that ride, the storybook land canal boats and you went straight you'd go into tea party and then if you went further than that you'd go into alice in wonderland so the tea party is amazing the landscaping around it the architecture the way they have like the shaded area that makes you feel like you're in alice in wonderland the lights the colors the trees the sounds all of that is super cool I am not a tea party attraction writer. I do not like to spin like that. It spins way too fast for me. I don't like it. Love to watch it. Think it's beautiful. Don't want to write it. Now, there are stories. You can find it on the internet. A very quick Google search that will tell you this color goes the fastest and this color spins the slowest. I don't know if that's true. I'm not testing it. If you test it and you like it, knock yourself out. Not for me. This week, I'm going to put a picture or a little video up on my Instagram, which is Disneyland Devoted, and I'll put a tea party video because I do think it is so beautiful. So I'll definitely put that up there. So be looking for that. At any rate, that's right there, and it's really cool. So back over where I said, so we're going to go back over to King Arthur's Carousel, which is kind of right in the center of Fantasyland, and we just went to all these different attractions to the right and then now we're going to go to the left and you know Dumbo was straight ahead and Casey's Jr. was slightly to the left but to the sharp left next to the royal reception where you may see um, Anna and Elsa is the Red Rose Tavern and that's a really nice uh, big eating place there and it's you know obviously when you hear that name it's very much after uh, Beauty and the Beast and it has a lot of safe approachable options burgers and 
chicken nuggets, but then it has some really cool, unique things. Like I had a poutine there that was really good. And of course, I tried the gray stuff and it was delicious. Uh, Very sweet, but very delicious and worth trying because you have to. And it just has a really nice variety. And I think those are important places to call out because Disneyland and Disney World and Disney in general is very much known for their food these days. It used to not be like that, but now it's like a foodie haven. And some of those food options are really cool if you're an adult, but not super safe if you're a child. And if you're going with a family, I want to throw that out so that you kind of know the places that have safe options for some of your picky eaters. That said, we have on many occasions gone and grabbed food from this location and then went and ate at another location so that we could have a variety. So keep that in mind. And then as always, the website is amazing and it'll show you all the menu options and prices on Disney's website, or you can find it on the app and you can look and see everything ahead of time and mobile ordering. Okay. I can speak. Mobile ordering is a game changer. I love to figure out what we all want to eat, order it, head over there and then pick it up. And what's good about that besides the convenience factors, you can find a place to sit and then go pick up your food. Whereas before, somebody had to go stake out a place to sit, and then somebody had to go get the food, and it was kind of a pain. Mobile ordering just changes everything, plus it's ready you know, as you're arriving. So it's a really cool option, and this has it. Definitely check that out, but it's a really great food place. Now, also around there in Fantasyland is a ton of carts. You can find churros and snacks, and I think there's like fruits and vegetables, and there's you know, uh, Mickey treats and there isn't, there may even be a coffee, um, cart. So definitely lots going on there. Fantasyland is extremely popular. So there's a lot in there and the characters of that area are meandering a lot. We have met so many people in there. Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Um, I don't know why I had to put her whole name in there. Alice from Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter, the Evil Queen, um, Hook. Uh, Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many that I'm missing, but they're usually around in there, so definitely check out. And they're like walking around, much like Toontown. They're not necessarily stationed in one area like Elsa and Anna. They're like meandering through the land, so you have a great opportunity to catch them. So definitely look for them when you're over there. So now, before we leave this main section of Fantasyland, this area right here, like I said, is very, very busy. There's lots to do and see. And back at King Arthur's Carousel, whether you go to the left towards the Red Rose Tavern and Casey Jr. Train, um, or you go to the right, towards Alice in Wonderland and the Storybook Canal Boats and the Mad Tea Party, there are entrances out of Fantasyland. You could turn around and go back the way you came at the castle, or if you go to the left, it's going to take you over to Frontierland and Galaxy's Edge. It's going to take you right over to those places. If you go to the right of the carousel, it's going to lead you around to the other parts of Fantasyland, which we're going to get to in a moment, or it's and Toontown is over there, or you could go right into Tomorrowland. And when I am getting ready to talk about this next section, I physically get excited. Like, 
I wish you could see my face and you could feel my emotions. Disneyland is just the most amazing place to me. And I have so many wonderful, loving, magical memories there. And every time I go is special. And every time we go, I feel like something fun and exciting happens. And I'm going to touch on that in a little bit. But at any rate... As you leave what I call the main section of Fantasyland, there are two more main attractions and a whole bunch of carts and food options. There's no shortage of merchandise because there's the Mad Hatter um, little shop there. And then, of course, there's some carts along the way, like standalone carts where you can get, you know, ears or buttons or pens or like bubble machines or you name it, they're everywhere. Um, But there's also a lot of food options there. However, oh my gosh, my favorite place is over here. So I'm going to say that what I find, I this is not a discount because you know I love Disney, but I have to say, I never quite understand why these two attractions are considered part of Fantasyland, but yet located so far away. And I have to assume it's because of their size. But the first one is the Matterhorn bobsleds. You have to like go past Alice in Wonderland. You can't miss the Matterhorn because it's giant and like, stands out above almost everything else at Disneyland. So, I mean, it's amazing. Even if you don't like to ride the attraction, and I am, I have a love-hate relationship with this attraction. It's one of the most rickety rides I've ever been on. Like, it jerks you around. It's something else. But yet, it's so nostalgic to me. It's something I remember as a child. It's like a um, a landmark. Like when you see the Matterhorn from the freeway, you know that's Disneyland. And the the pictures, the the waterfalls, the sound effects, the lighting, just the the actual structure, the theming, amazing. All of Fantasyland has amazing theming, but this is just bobsled just stands out. Matterhorn is just amazing. Um, So anyways, that is technically part of Fantasyland, and it is a really cool attraction. It's just a little hard on your body. I've definitely gotten bruises on my wrists from smacking them against the pole that I was holding onto, and then it's not super easy to get out of. Like, there's no prizes for grace getting out of one of those bobsleds. They're kind of low. You're kind of crammed in there. Just prepare yourself. But it is a really great attraction. And I do still ride it. Even though it has some points about it I don't like. It is the Matterhorn. Gotta ride it every now and again. And it's awesome at night. It's awesome during the day. Definitely check that out. But as you come out of that main part of Fantasyland, and there's Matterhorn directly in front of you, if you take a left and you're going to walk down the main pathway there, you're going to see lots of carts and restrooms and things going on. Pixie Hollow is right there. Like, let me back up a little bit. When you come out of that main part and Matterhorn is directly in front of you, Pixie Hollow is slightly to the right. You might miss that. Where you would find Pixie Hollow easier is way back at the hub. Instead of going through the castle, if you took a slight right and you went towards Matterhorn that way, so you kind of bypassed that more 
congested area of, of Fantasyland and you went directly towards the Matterhorn to the slight right of the castle, Pixie Hollow is right there and that's where you can meet Tink and you can walk through Pixie Hollow. It's absolutely adorable. You're like down at her size so like everything, the mushrooms and the grass and everything is much, much taller because you're just a little fairy at that point. And it's super, super cute. And she's at the end and she's so full of character. She, I mean, she is a character, but she's so adorable. I have this adorable video of my daughter meeting her and my daughter was wearing a Yoda backpack and man, she didn't miss a beat. Like completely different types of characters, Yoda and Tinkerbell. And she just went with it. Absolutely precious. And that's that's also when we would go to the Halloween party when it was over at the Disneyland side. That was a treat trail. You got to go through Pixie Hollow. Again, it's one thing in the daytime and another thing at night. So definitely don't want to miss that. But you could if you didn't go to that right side. Um, if you listened to my episode last week, you know that I also told you that to a sharper right of the castle is a little walkway where Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like this beautiful area that has statues of them and the wishing well and water features. And it's very tranquil back there. So you want to check that out. But anyways, so back out, we looked at the bobsleds. I call it that. Sometimes I call it Matterhorn. Sometimes I call it bobsleds. You know what I'm talking about. To the right was Pixie Hollow, but then you go to the left. And that's where my heart is. Because at the end of that walkway is It's a Small World. Now here's my feelings on It's a Small World. Yes, that song can get stuck in your ear. And yes, they play it over and over again. And of all the attractions in all of the Disneyland Resort that I have ridden more than any other, it is that one. I don't ride it every time, but nearly every time. Because I personally adore that attraction for so many reasons. Now let's look at the practicality of it. It is a 15 minute ride from start to finish and you are inside for 98% of that, which means that in the summertime, it's a lovely cool break. And in the wintertime, it's a place to warm up. It is a fast moving attraction because the boats can hold so many people. So even though the wait times can be lengthy and it is a fast pass attraction, it does move pretty quickly because it can move them quickly. It is a staple at the holiday season because of the lights and the projections that go off of that attraction. At Halloween, the Halloween attractions are awesome and the song that goes along with it. At Christmas time, it's just so decorated. It has beautiful Hanukkah section. It is just absolutely gorgeous. And the lights that they actually put on that, I don't even know how there could be any lights left in the Southern California area. It's amazing. The landscaping, the topiaries that have that are shaped like different animals. I could go on for a whole episode just on It's a Small World. The train runs behind It's a Small World, so you get that view of it. Oh, that attraction is everything to me. I love it. And it is a fair distance away from that main part, but it is part of Fantasyland, and it is so, so worth seeing. Definitely, definitely go there. There's also a gift shop that is one of my favorite places. They kind of... They kind of spill you out of the attraction into that gift shop. You can't go around it, but it's a cute little gift shop. It's really aimed towards younger kids, but there's some really 
cool things like there's some backpacks and there was some Dooney and Burke purses at one point for that had the um, it's a small world design, which no big surprise. I have two of those um, because they were really, really awesome. But anyways, it's a cute little shop. It has a lot of little fun stuff there. And right there is uh, where the parade route either starts or ends. Some parades start there, some parades end there. So it's a very popular area. It can get congested around those times because they're roping off for the parade. So keep that in mind. It's kind of crazy. Now, once you're back there, there's no way out. Um, you can go to the, like if you were looking at It's a Small World, you can go to the left and go to Toontown. But at this time, you cannot exit Toontown. You have to turn back and come out of Toontown past It's a Small World to get out of the park. Also, there's no way to the right of It's a Small World to go back around to Tomorrowland. There's no walk over there. You have to come back towards Matterhorn and go to tomorrow that Tomorrowland that way. However, there is a train station right there. And so that's how we navigate out of that area to go over to Tomorrowland. It's kind of a fun little scenic route or go all the way around. Also over there is the theater. And let me see what the name of that theater is. It's where they play Mickey and the Magical Map, which is adorable. And I don't really know the name of it. So I looked up on the map and I couldn't find the actual name, but um, it is an outdoor theater and it's really cool. Um, it is shaded most of the time. Like it has these like um, big canvas triangles that are kind of spread out all over. So it's not completely covered, but it's mostly covered and it's it has a large capacity, so a lot of people can fit in there. And Mickey and the Magical Map is an adorable show, and I know they do other things there. So definitely check that out. And that's right by It's a Small World and before you get into Toontown. There's also a restroom right there, and like I mentioned a moment ago, the train station is over there as well. So that's a really great place to leave from or to get to if you want to get into that back part of Fantasyland. If you were just trying to get to Fantasyland in general, you could take the train to that station um, or you could take it to Tomorrowland. It's almost the same walk. I think the one in Fantasyland is a shorter walk um, than Tomorrowland, probably by a lot, but it's still a walk. It's not like there's no train station that goes directly into um, Fantasyland. So at any rate, it's a great place to, to enter and exit over there. So that is pretty much all of Fantasyland. That is um, such an amazing place to visit. It is very popular. It can be very crowded. It closes early for the fireworks. So keep that in mind. But then it comes back up Toontown doesn't, by the way. Toontown, which we will get to in a little bit, that one definitely closes. Um, it opens later than regular park hours and closes earlier. But Fantasyland closes for a period of time and then it opens back up. So definitely check that out. And back at the castle, I know we talked about this yesterday, rather last week on uh, with regards to the hub right in front of the castle is where people meet to watch like the lighting of the castle, the fireworks, 
projections off the castle. That's a very popular place. So Fantasyland is such a huge part of the Disneyland Resort. There's so much more to see and do, and we have a lot of stuff to uncover. Um, So I hope you'll stick around with me, but I wanted to start here because there are so many attractions. So I hope you liked this week's episode. I I hope you liked this series. I love talking about it. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, this is how I get my Disney fix when I can't go to Disneyland. And I hope it helps you kind of see what's going on in each one of these areas so that you too can plan your most magical vacation. Whether you've never been or been there before, I find it helpful to hear someone else's perspective because they probably know or seen something that I didn't only because I just haven't yet. So it's always helpful to hear someone else's experience. So with that, I hope that you have a great week. You're staying safe and healthy and happy. And I hope that we get to get to the Disneyland Resort soon. So until next time, bye.